your dreams can be your reality. You all, time isn't real. Okay, that is fucking crazy. Spirituality, manifestation, travel, money, entrepreneurship. Welcome to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Wright. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. It's Chelsea, and I mean, obviously, who else would it be? (laughs) But you know I'm working on an intro. I still feel like I need a cool intro, so I need you all to DM me or hit me up on email or something with a more exciting intro because I'm not impressed with my... I'm impressed with my intro music. I'm not impressed with what I say in the beginning, so I really need your help. But anyways, I also want to start doing like a high and low of the week because... I hear other podcasters do this, and it's such a nice way to kick off the episode and get some insight into what's going on. And usually I provide life updates in the beginning of my podcast, but I have so many life updates right now that I'm actually going to do like a whole podcast about it. And I don't think you want to hear an hour long life update before another interview. So we're going to save that for another podcast. So I would say my high of the week is that I'm back working again. I took like the whole month of August off. And I really love what I do. Like, I don't dread what I do. There's not like anything that I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to do this. But what I mean is like, I genuinely love my work. I was on a call this morning with a client and we did it through WhatsApp because she likes to talk through there. And I did it while I was walking outside in a park on a beautiful sunny day by a lake. And I'm like, wow, this is the life I always dreamed of that I wanted to be able to talk to clients while I'm on a beautiful walk and not have to run into an office, you know, shoving a bagel down my throat and trying to hop on a 9 a.m. conference call. Like, it's so incredible. And this woman and I have been working together for over a year now, and she lives in Australia. And it just really hit me of like, this is what I put all my time and energy into was to put this, this whole life into place. So it felt really good to kind of have that realization this morning of like, I am living out one of my biggest dreams. So that's a huge high. I would say a big low, it's kind of personal, but you know, we get deep here, is that I am about to move out of the flat that I shared with my partner. And obviously it caused a lot of emotions and it's not easy ever moving on to a next chapter, even though we both know it's for the best and it's been a very friendly split it still is change and change is fucking hard. And it's no matter what, whether it's good or bad change, it's still hard. It's an adjustment. And I stabilized my life here in Germany for about a year now. So to pick up and be on the run again, and I don't really know where I want to live long-term. I don't know what I'm going to do next in terms of like actual living situations. I mean, I have an idea, but that would be a low because yeah, it's just hard, you know, it's never easy. So that's my high and my low for the week. But yeah, I want to hear what you think of this. Do you like these highs and lows? Should I do something else? And what I also would love to do is at the end of each episode, answer a question of the week. So I'll start putting these up in my Instagram stories so you guys can submit your questions. And maybe if we get enough questions, I'll do a whole like Q&A episode, maybe like a bonus every month. But I really want to answer your questions, whether that's about business or money or spirituality or podcasting or anything, travel, whatever you want to see. I love involving you all. And I really want to make this more of like a collaborative community thing. So yeah, questions of the week are going to start coming out very soon. Today's episode is really interesting as it's with a friend of mine. I like to say internet friend. Her name is Rubina Ianigro, and she and I met kind of serendipitously. So I found her products on Manifestation Babe's Instagram, and there were all these really cute human design keychains. And this is when like human design for me was becoming an obsession. And so I started buying all my clients these keychains. So fast forward, I'm buying all these keychains all the time for my clients. And I see that there's a a lady talking about her business inside of a membership I'm in. And then she actually called out the business. And I'm like, wait a second. I think that's the one that sells the keychains. And then I go stalk her and I realize it's her. She's the one that's been creating these keychains that I've been buying for months. And I'm obsessed with her products and the idea she had behind them and her creative expression So we connected inside the membership and I was like, okay, you have to come on the podcast. So she's on today and I am so excited for you to hear from her because this is not just 
a conversation about business and entrepreneurship and money. It is all those things. But what I love about Rubina is that she really owns her talent. So she's not one of these women that's like, I don't know what happened. Like, you know, things just clicked and I don't know, but silly little old me. She's like, no, like I actually really trusted my intuition. I really trusted my vision and my power and my talent and my skills. And that's why things worked out. And I feel like when people, especially women, say more things like that, it empowers us all to speak like that. And it's like kind of the conversation I've been having with myself the last six months is like, yes, remember I said this in a few episodes, like stop pretending to not know things. And we talked about that concept in this episode. So we talked about like owning your skills, how weird it is to all of a sudden receive a bunch of money when like that's what you wish for, but then you have no idea what to do with it or how to manage it and how to move through failure. You know, the businesses and entrepreneurship absolutely come with failure. If you ever get into entrepreneurship or start a business and think like everything's going to go easy breezy, nothing's going to go wrong, you're in for a wild ride. Things are always going to go wrong. It's how you handle it. And like, what is your level of failure tolerance? And we talked about that today too. So we cover so many different topics. I truly can't wait to hear. I can't wait for you all to hear and check out her products because they're incredible. I'm obsessed. I'm going to link them in the show notes. And as far as business updates for me, you already know Mic Drop is going down September 30th. So if you want to have your very own podcast where you can interview incredible women like Rubina, then I highly recommend you join us. We start in two weeks. We start Monday, September 13th. And this is going to be four weeks long. There's a module that will drop in the beginning of the week. And then there's a Q&A at the end of the week. So I'm going to drip out the content very slowly to make sure that you can understand and comprehend it and then apply it. And then you have Q&A time to either ask integration questions or we can practice things live on the call. So I was very intentional with how I set up this course to make sure that people are going to be able to launch a podcast after it. You're going to learn interviewing, storytelling, editing, finding music, recording tips, and so much more. I cannot wait for this. It's truly one of my favorite. I think it is my favorite course that I've ever created. And I can't wait to do more and more with podcasting. I am going to start kind of weaning off teaching one-on-one mindset clients and do more group programs as well, which is actually an amazing update. I've kind of held off on launching group programs around like mindset and energy work and all these things, because I don't know, I've just been figuring my life out, but now in Q4, I'm excited to bring back some group programs. So get ready for that. There's a lot of planning going on behind the scenes and podcast stuff is just going to get bigger and bigger. I'm thinking of doing like labs and workshops and really interactive cohort style courses. And I can't wait for it. So if you're down for that too, please know that I am here for you and I am so excited for everybody to launch their own podcast. And one other thing is that anybody that leaves a review for the month of September, you're going to be entered into a giveaway to win a 30 minute Oracle card reading with me. I do not offer these publicly. This is not a service you can book on my site or anything. I am only offering this to people who leave a review during the month of September. So all you have to do is rate, review, subscribe, and take a screenshot of it send it to info at chelsearife.com or at chelsearife and I will enter you into the giveaway and then I'll pull the winner at the end of the month. So again, this is winning a 30 minute Oracle card pool. I'll use my intuitive guidance. I swear I have a little bit of clairvoyant skills and I'm going to guide you around a question or topic that you want to move through. And we're going to do that with Oracle cards, which I freaking love. So yeah, that's what's going on in September. And without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode with Rubina. Welcome to the show, Rubina. Thank you so much for having me, Chelsea. I'm so excited. And I don't even know if you know this, maybe you do now, but I started buying your keychains for all my clients as presents when they started working with me. And then I, I found your name online and then I saw that we were in a membership together and I put two and two together and I was like, oh my God, I need to have her on the podcast. She has been the one that I'm buying all the keychains from. Like my clients are obsessed with them. So thank you for making those incredible keychains, by the way. Oh, thank you so much for supporting me. It took me a while to realize you were in the membership too. I was so excited. I love when when I find people in different areas of my life, whether it's a customer or a colleague or um, but anyway, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk a bit about my business and what I do. 
Oh my God, I can't wait. And yeah, <laughs> if anybody's wondering what keychains I'm talking about, they're very, very cute human design keychains. And now we're going to get into what the aura market is, where these keychains come from. But I am so curious before we even get to the aura market, how did you even end up realizing that you had these incredible creative ideas? Like, let's take it back to pre-Aura Market, pre-Grey Muse. Tell us about Rubina growing up. Um, it's so funny because recently uh, I'm part of this program and one of the exercises we had to do was think about the things we enjoyed as a child. I really don't think a lot about my childhood, but I was just laughing because it was a typical, I'm a 2 force splenic manifester. So the two line is a hermit that likes to be left alone so they could just be in their own little world. And my list included daydreaming, reading books, just being alone. <laughs> I was just like laughing. Like I was not the typical child, you know, playing with other children. Once in a while, I love to connect with my friends, you know, pen pal letters, collecting stationery, writing to each other, like sharing what I enjoyed and read um, or things that I dreamt about. But majority of my childhood was I really just wanted to be left alone in my fantasy land <laughs> doing whatever I wanted to do. This is so interesting because I just found out I'm a 6'2 reflector. And I talked to somebody about that two line and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not crazy for wanting to have a weekend in the mountains by myself or like needing a month off of not speaking to anybody. And I saw your meme and it was like when a two line tries to explain how they do what they do. And it's like, I can't explain it. I'm like, I have never related to something more than that meme. So thank you for creating that. Yeah, understanding the two line was really helpful for me and reflecting back to the things I used to do and how, how I am in my life. And honestly, I didn't get into there was, I feel like there's different ways to self express, you know, some people when you think of uh, creativity and self expression, first thing that comes to mind is either writing or art. And there was always some way that I found to self-express. Like that's one of my values. That's one of the things that I just can't help as a defined throat manifester. And so most of my life was a, a variation of some kind of self-expression. So going into my world and somehow expressing that in some way. Um, and so I did a lot of writing uh, in my adolescence, you know, all my uh, hard feelings <laughs> and anger towards my parents and like school. Um, you know, feelings through, I wrote poetry, prose, like I wrote short stories. I shared a story with my husband a couple of years ago when we were um, together and before we had our, and he would laugh. Like, it was just like, it was so innocent, you know, the stuff that was coming out of me, just, you know, me um, talking about relationships and uh, so yeah, all of that wanted to come out through writing. I actually didn't get into more of like the creative art stuff until I was 30. So a lot of like the first 30 years was just writing and learning and um, being creative through writing. Um, so then when I got in, when I was 30, I discovered card making and scrapbooking. Like I had never heard of it before. I lived in a bubble. So it was just like anything new was just really fascinating for me. And honestly, as I look back at my once I learned about my human design and I reflect back on what that path was like since age 30, it totally makes sense because I needed to kind of build that foundation, and learn to trust my myself and see my own creativity because the two line can't see their natural talents. It has to be called out. So people are either calling it out when I shared writing, which was, you know, for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm a writer, but it, I, I needed a different outlet. And so when I started, you know, crafting and making handmade cards, like that became a passion for about five years. My parents used to joke, like, are you making money from this? I was spending like thousands of dollars on supplies. <laughs> There's like, that's how the Grey Muse was birthed, was just um, my obsession with card making and getting to know the card making community. And, you know, in general, when you get into crafting, one hobby always leads to other hobbies. Um, so that's how I got into crafting and learning about myself and what what was possible and what I had inside me and how much I could uh, how much more I could self express. I love that. I love that you took one passion and, like you said, it just led to one thing and then slowly unfolded this world that now is 
incredible, all your creations, but I'm curious, when did you learn about human design? Was it before card making? Was it after? Like, how did you realize that this is something that could be eventually integrated into your work? Honestly, I'm so glad I didn't learn about human design while I was card making because there is a tendency when you first learn about human design to analyze and try to intellectualize the information. So uh, if I had known back then I was a manifester, I think it wouldn't have allowed me to just learn from the experience of like creating and uh, connecting with people. I would have been intellectualizing everything. I actually learned about human design December 2019. I, I think a lot of people found it through, uh, Lace, I think it's Lucy or Lacey Phillips from To Be Magnetic in mm -hmm. her community. Like a lot of people are like, I'm a manifester, I'm a reflector, I'm a generator. And I'm always curious. I'm a Gemini. So <laughs> my curiosity, I like right away, I'll Google everything. I'm like human design. How do I look up your chart? I'm a manifester. I'm rare. I'm like, oh, I like this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just didn't know how to put it together. And uh, I did do a reading within a month with someone, a Gene Keys expert. I went back and uh, watched my reading a couple months ago. He was spot on. I think it was just you have to be ready to receive and understand the information. So I didn't understand it right away either. It took me a couple months for that to sink in and then to see it everywhere around me. And I didn't start studying it until April of last year. So April 2020. That's when it suddenly, I don't know, my, my spleen was like, let's go, let's study this. I started signing up for like all the programs. Oh my God, that's incredible. And that's so fascinating that it was just a few years ago because what you create now, it seems like you've been immersed in it forever. And it just shows you, like you said, when you listen to your design, you're like, let's just dive head in first and see what happens. Now it's created this beautiful aura market, which I want to get into in a second, but I want to go back to the card making and what you said was very specific. Your parents called you out with money saying, you know, are you really making money off of this? So at what point were you like, this actually could be something I make money off of? And how did you end up turning it into a business? So when I create, I, it's not, you know, for money or monetary reasons. There's so many layers to what we do. You know, part of it was um, recognition, being part of a community, being able to share, like, look, ooh, look at my gifts, my talents. I'm not going to lie. Like, I love validation. Oh, um, me too. And <laughs> I loved feedback, comments, you know. And so this was something that I, I really enjoyed. And this is also my initial journey into Instagram because people, that's another thing that people ask me, like, how, did, how do you grow your Instagram? How do you know what to post about and it's I usually stick to what's natural to me once again to line you'll see a lot of it come out like uh, once I learn a way of doing something and then it's natural then I, I'll do more of that and if anything's too hard eventually I'm just gonna let it go because it's either not the right time or it's just not for me like why force it um, but card making yeah like I focused on it because it brought me so much joy it brought me so much connection it I love 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 creating beautiful things um and so yeah while others were like well are you making money can you sell this for five dollars i'm like well it took me three days to make so it doesn't make it like a logical something like <laughs> you know it, it doesn't have to always make sense it just keeps expanding over time wow well, I find it fascinating that you you only learned about human design a few years ago and the way your products are created and made looks like you've been studying it for years and years and years. So was human design something that clicked? I mean, I know you said you took courses and stuff, but how did you then feel the confidence to be like, okay, you know, I'm going to create body graphs. And when I market it, I obviously know what I'm talking about, right? When you're making a, a keychain for a reflector and understanding reflectors, like, did you deeply trust yourself to figure it out? Or did you end up just studying so much that you're like, no, I do know what I'm actually talking about? To be honest, I was still studying the system when I, um, the reason, some of the reasons that it took me a while to um, launch the, sorry, launch the R market was one, it, you know, understanding new products like notepads and like designing the branding and everything around it. The vision was so clear for the branding that it was done in like two days. Like I can't even tell you. Like it was wow. so clear. That's how you know. Uh, my branding for my other brands are taking me forever because it's not as clear. But for the R market, it somehow it just really was. And um, oh my god, such 
undefined agile like already forgot the question (laughs) (laughs) i was just asking about like did you deeply understand human design when you made the products or you were still studying okay yeah so i had started studying in april last year but it took me a few months to even like really get it because you know you read something and you understand it on an intellectual level the Mm -hmm. integration took a while um but all i understood at that time was well you initiate you get creative urges um And so you're just, and you're here to create. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like uh, I just decided to go for it. And the delay kind of the launch, like I did have some anxiety. I'm like, um, you know, like the imposter syndrome. I'm so new to this. Am I going to get it wrong? Or is someone going to find an error on the body graph? Like Mm. (laughs) um, even like the glyph symbols, like double checking, triple checking, like, are they all accurate? It it took me a process. I had to go through all of that. But then I got to a point where it was like, well, just release this. We'll start with a small batch. And it did happen where when I released the first gate study, uh, there wasn't enough spacing between the, the glyphs when you write. So the first batch people it wasn't like a big deal but then I realized like okay I do kind of want a little bit more spacing so it was after it was the first batch was printed I I realized I needed to fix that and then the second batch was better and that kind of helped me because I'm like okay look you made a tiny mistake you learn from it nothing bad happened people didn't start like giving you one star reviews (laughs) they just came like everyone was so nice and one of the things I've learned in business so far is to really uh, focus on the positivity and expect that your customers will understand instead mm-hmm. of thinking, oh my God, they're going to like uh, leave bad reviews. Or, like I eventually learned like not even to think of that, to always expect the best. And I can't tell you, I get, I receive so many messages every week. I love your products like randomly. <laughs> so it's like, I, I keep that in mind that my customers will always understand. Was that a mindset you had growing up or did you develop that as you grew older? Um, no, that actually came after I started business. Wow. So my, me starting the Grey Muse, I got into, I've always been into personal development, but personal development when you start a business is it's a, on a whole different level. Oh, yeah. And, and one of the things, one of the reasons I started the business was because I, I gave birth to my daughter a year before that. And so she uh, she's a reflector like you, magical <laughs> being. And so when I look back on my life, a lot of those changes were because I was pregnant and I wanted to be someone else for her, that I wanted her to have the opportunities that I didn't have and which every parent usually wants for their child. And so it, that's when I looked at crafting and I'm like, okay, now I, I can see why my parents are like, are you making money from this? You're spending a lot of time. So it's like, I did want to create and play, but I also wanted to be able to make money. Um, so that's when I, I was like, I just got to go for it. That's how I started the Grey Muse. I'm like, we're just going to see how this goes. Even with the Grey Muse, I'm like, this is going to be a side thing. I'm going to go look for jobs. <laughs> And let it just like unfold. And I, I made 5000 on my first day when I launched the Great News. Wow. Oh my God. Can you talk about that? Because I think a lot of people want that overnight success. And it seems like that actually happened to you. Like, what did it feel like to see that $5,000 that first day? Um, I still remember that day so clearly because my family's really, really supportive. I have um, three brothers, a sister, my parents, like we're all really, really close. Like, Uh, obsessed with each other (laughs) um and we were it was a Saturday I I tried to do all my releases on Saturday so that I can just like post it and then relax with family like Saturday's our family day and we were all sitting around and every sale that came in we're like woohoo and like they're all celebrating with me and I you know when I surpassed a thousand two thousand I was like whoa whoa oh my god (laughs) like already (laughs) making profit and then by the end of the day, it was 5,000 and it was just, it, it wasn't like, I didn't think of it as overnight success, but it, it made me realize I knew what I was doing. I really needed to trust myself and that I did have talent. I'm just so curious about product too. I've never dealt with dealing with products like physical products. Were you overwhelmed with that amount of orders or would you, were you like some deep part of you was expecting that? Like, I just want to talk about the product world for a second. <laughs> I'm, 
the way I do things, I'm a, a good planner and efficient and how I do things. So I learned like everyone understands, like it takes time to process orders. And I, back then it was my undefined route responding to <laughs> the pressure of like getting the orders out. Uh, and by the way, I packed all the orders myself until March of this year. So <laughs> I've been wow. doing all of that. And, and I, I didn't delegate that out until three months ago. Um, but yeah, it was just like every process of the business was me like just showing up, knowing I got this, I'm going to figure it out. Even figuring out how to print the shipping labels took some time. Like the system I use always has glitches. Every time it has a glitch, I learn something and then learn how to navigate that. So I'm all about efficiency. So it's just a learning process. Um, there were days I got really impatient. And I think it just helped because I was always communicating. So if something was going to take time, I let all my customers. So I, I was already informing, <laughs> hey, mm -hmm. this, I'm going to need a week to process orders. But I, I already planned in advance. I've talked to people and, uh, you know, ordered all the bubble mailers and everything I needed. So everything I do, like, it's, I laugh at it because it's like such a two-line thing. You kind of, um, and uh, my south node is in gate nine of focus so I'm really good with details and so all of those things just really helped me it just it came naturally I have the 26 2644 channel which is like the channel of entrepreneurship so it's like I kind of wish I had known about it earlier but everything happens in perfect timing so it makes sense that I was successful on day one I can't teach that to people because it was just aligned to who I am and you know who what I was here to do yeah. I think if I had started something else like it would have been a different um different outcome maybe and I also was detached from the outcome because I was like this is going to be a side thing I'm just going to create I have these five my first five pins were specifically for card makers so it didn't exist so I was putting something new out and I was informing people even when um, I, I think I only had 400 followers at that time and I was informing everybody I was like messaging all my card maker <laughs> card making friends and like uh, my family everybody I was like hey follow me on this page so I was doing what a manifesto was you know designed to do was to inform let people know to initiate to really trust my splenic intuition I just didn't have the language at that time but that's what I was doing wow it seems like you also just have a really solid growth mindset like you just said you're detached from the outcome you knew like if you expected that there might be hiccups along the way but those hiccups weren't going to be debilitating or detrimental to your business and it's like yeah you said something like this earlier that people are going to expect like something will happen and it's okay it's okay that it might take maybe two weeks to get an order out or it's okay if someone leaves a review then you can talk to them like it doesn't seem like you've been scared of failure and I'm curious was there a point launching any of this that you were uh that something did happen that you were like oh my god this is the end or this is gonna th you know I can't do this anymore right or, or throughout your creative <laughs> career I would love to hear about that it happened right away by the way oh my god <laughs> so even before you were talking I'm like I'm going to talk about this this quote-unquote failure and then you asked the question wow um and so with it, my second batch, I decided there was an idea I had for the Grey Muse, but I didn't start with it. And it was my first interactive pin. So an interactive pin is it has moving parts. So it's not just like a flat pin, like you can move something, either something slides or spins. And so those are more expensive. And I didn't want to start with that with the limited funds that I had to start my business. And so when I had my uh, my first release was successful, and by the way, I made ten thousand my first month. <laughs> so within within two weeks, I made ten thousand. So I knew that there was something to what I was coming up with. My designs were unique, and people liked it. Um, and so my second batch, I decided to do the. It was it's called a paper trimmer. So it's like people cut paper. You know, you put cut paper on it. So I had like a little sliding heart and uh, a hinge and um, what ended up happening and I ordered a bunch so double the usual quantity so I even spent more money and when they arrived they didn't have the pin post on the back so they were just flat so you couldn't mm. wear them 
And then I looked at the proof that I approved <laughs> and it, I had approved it without the pin post. But I was so angry, first of all, that I was just like, why didn't they say anything that I'm submitting this? As, like, it was just so emotional for me. And this was within a month of me launching my business. So it was a couple, I, I think it was over a thousand dollars me spending on a product. And then I, I let myself cry for a day. <laughs> And then I was like, what am I going to do about this? <laughs> and then I was just like, I, I have to accept this. It's not their fault. It's my fault. And so each time that something like that happened, it just gave me something to look at the next time I submit something and the next time I do something. So I, you know, I could have easily said I'm not cut out for this, but I couldn't help it. It's just like you just know deep within that this is how you're going to grow. And it's interesting that you say I have a growth mindset because my North node is in gate 16, which is here to master skills. Mm. Um, so that's what I'm here to do is like, Hey, I'm just going to keep building my foundation and everything that I learn, everything that I try, it just helps me to the next level I'm getting to. So it doesn't have to make sense for me right now, but everything that I'm doing. So even the great news can't, it might not be my business forever, but it's, it's given me what I needed to build the R market and whatever I'm building with the R market is going to give me what I may create next. Well, I'm glad we're having this conversation because I always truly think feedback or excuse me, failure is feedback. Like it's not the end of the road, but it can feel like the end of the road when you're in it, right? Like you said, you probably spent over a thousand dollars on this mistake and that could have put a lot of people on a financial edge where they're like maybe I shouldn't be doing this maybe I don't know what I'm doing and I think a lot of entrepreneurs are scared to get started because of those reasons they go down what I call the what if what if train like what if someone wants to refund what if someone wants to cancel the order what if someone this this and that and it seems like that's never really been your your way of operating it's more of like I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, maybe I'll face some detours along the way and I'll get right back on track. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, it hasn't been all easy breezy, but that's not going to hold you back from continuing to move forward either. Yeah, I think um, a lot. I learned a lot from customer service as well. Like I, I had clients last year. <laughs> coaching clients who wanted to start their own shop as well and that was one of the things that I learned that I would just I would tell them like give it 24 hours before you respond because naturally you know we have emotions we have feelings we always um, want to react in that moment so it's really important to know how you're feeling what kind of day you're having and how how you take things personally so in the beginning you know I I learned a lot from conversations with customers that I, I usually was open but then over time learn not to take things personally I was very giving my first year I still am but like that first year I was always giving like mm -hmm. okay I'll send people extra and then over time had to ask myself, like, why am I doing that? Why am I not enough in what I just sold you and what you exchanged? Like, you know, you gave me money for this product, so you paid for this product. But for some reason, I was still overcompensating a lot of mm. times. So there's, there's been a lot to my journey. You know, I still had the fears there. The fears do not go away. You know, not we don't like receiving one star reviews or someone taking something personally over a pen and you're like oh my god it was ten dollars like <laughs> and it's like it's not you know it's not about that it's like they're they're struggling you're struggling and you're learning to communicate or see things for what it is and that took a lot of like trial and error and showing up in a way that I wasn't proud of and then learning to have hard conversation with customers because um, and, you know, it, it is a little challenging for manifestors because they just kind of want to do what they want, but you also want to be able to fit in with people and not fit in the sense where I, I try not to conform. Mm -hmm. And I say try because it's, it is, you know, we've been conditioned so deeply and we do like to feel connected with people, but there's like a line that I do have that, okay, mm -hmm. if you're not gonna, if you're going to be like this or choose to be this way, I, you know, I don't have to be part of this or give my energy to it. So I do, I pay attention to how much energy is going into something and if it's worth it. And I usually, if it's not worth it, I'm going to let it go or, you know, give them a refund or whatever it is, because like I said before, like I, most of my customers, when I attract them, they're understanding, they love my product. I don't have to 
sell hard like it's kind of like it is what it is you know if you're gonna know if you like it if you want it <laughs> I don't have to right. convince you and yeah you didn't need to convince me I saw the <laughs> saw the Instagram <laughs> post I was like buying all of these for my clients good to go no questions <laughs> asked so that's that's fascinating and, and you brought up a topic that I've really been wanting to cover about money and the energy exchange and it's fascinating that you said you know, you were kind of over giving at times, or maybe just not setting a boundary of this is the product price, this is what you paid for, and that's it. And I can understand in the beginning, where you are thinking, okay, maybe if I just give more, then they'll want more, or they'll be a more loyal client. And I've experienced this with coaching of either like, you know, letting the calls run over a little too long, or like, you know, adding one extra access to my course or something like that, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. But I started to feel like the energy exchange wasn't even where I was always answering people, always letting the calls run over, over giving. And I'm curious about boundaries within your own business. Now, it seems like you said you have done a lot of trial and error. But there was something you said earlier, you know, when someone said, oh, can you just make this $5? And you're like, it took three days to make this. Why would I charge $5? How did you really figure out pricing? And also then when you made that $10,000 in two weeks, I feel like no one talks about this, but when I made my first big chunk of money, I was scared of it. I, I didn't know what to do with it. And I feel like I paid a little bit of debt off and then I spent it all because <laughs> I wasn't prepared to receive. So I'm curious about your nature with receiving that energy exchange of money for your products as well. I'm going to be honest. I'm still working on it. There's like a level <laughs> that you, you know, there's, um, I call it kind of like chipping away a mm. little bit at each thing. Like I'm still learning. I still have a long way to go. So it's not like I've just because I know something that I've totally embodied it. It is a process. And one yeah. of the things that did help me uh, first, I'll talk a little bit about the process was to start witnessing myself, like to pay more attention to how I do things and how I learn and how I integrate and then to witness how I embody it. And so I realized over time that it is a pattern that I have to go through like uh, phases of a lot of emotion, like really feeling my feelings, really understanding um, every time I wanted to get to a new level, like shit started happening and it, it, it over time realized like they were opportunities presenting themselves for you to resolve. And so initially I'd be like, mm, I can't, and then go back to like my old habits. But over, you know, over time, you never go back to the old you. There's mm -hmm. always like a 1% change or a incremental change that happens. And so one of the things I wanted whoever's listening is to give yourself grace. So like when we start like learning about new things and think, okay, we're going to be more aligned and this and that. And then, you know, over time, like nobody talks about being discouraged and kind of coming back to old habits. But if you keep just like paying attention, um, giving yourself grace, knowing that you are changing, even if you can't see it fully, like it is happening. And it's the integrations for me around money um, were a process as well. And so it, I did spend a lot. Like I was like, oh, I need this course and that course, you know, oh, under, you yeah. know open head, undefined ajna. Like it, this year, I focused a lot on deconditioning my uh, undefined root pressure, the pressure to always get things done, to always do things. And then um, my undefined ajna, like feeling like I always needed to know more to feel like I knew enough so that I, I looked smart, that I knew what I was doing. So those two, two things really did help me, but um, to cut down on like buying courses and programs and signing up with all the mentors. But that's what I was doing with my money was investing in myself. But even that I had to reframe over time because before it'd be like, okay, I'm investing in this business program because it's going to help me with strategies. And, and then I would like not even finish the course. And there was a lot of guilt. There was a lot of shame. There was, you know, like I do have my own personal debt, like I have school loan debt. Um, I have one credit card. So it's not like I'm like fully like I've handled my, my um, finances, but I keep getting better because each time that something happens, it's asking you to resolve it, to look at it, to, you know, approach in a different way. How can you do things a little bit differently? So it's not like I suddenly started, I did start saving more this year. I started investing. I bought my first crypto. Like, it's like, I was so proud of myself. Like other people have a lot of crypto and I have one coin. And I was like, 
oh my god look this is the progress that I made this year all that work was totally worth it all that work looking at my money stories and my money patterns like why am I going to judge it like I was able to call in money let's let's appreciate that if I spent it oh look I had these opportunities to invest in myself it's going to pay off everything that I do it doesn't always have to make logical sense and it always doesn't have to be an appropriate purchase, but it's still like part of like my growth. And so I've made my peace with everything I've done. You know, um, it's 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 going to be a process. I'm going to keep doing it, I keep working on it, and I just keep getting better at it. Um, my priority has always, like since learning as a manifestor, <laughs> is where is my energy going? How much time am I spending in this story? What can we do about it? How can we shift? How can we shift that energy? How can we um, bring more peace and compassion into my day? Because it's like, if I, I'm not going to sit there and like beat myself up, like <laughs> that's not helping anybody. Oh my God. I'm like furiously nodding. I know you can't see me. We're not on video right now, everybody, <laughs> but I'm like nodding my head and I can a hundred percent relate when you get this influx of money. And then you're like, well, I need to invest in a business coach. I need to invest in marketing. I need to upgrade this. I need to up-level this. And then all of a sudden, for me at least, it was like, wait, where did that money go? Like, I thought this was going to last me six months. Yeah. I have <laughs> nothing to show for it. Like, I don't understand. But then to your point, I think what you've, you're really good at is giving yourself credit. Instead of saying, oh my God, I spent all that money. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm bad with money. It's like, actually, I bought one crypto coin. Actually, I paid off a little bit of debt. Actually, I'm taking these steps forward. And I'm curious about that piece too, because I think as business owners, we can get really, we're usually our own worst critics and we can get really hard on ourselves, especially as it comes to money. Did, was that something that you, you've ever really taken a notice of, of how much you really are self-assured and giving yourself that credit you deserve? I think one of the things that helped me was when I mentioned that to be able to see yourself, it's hard for a two line, but you know, of course I'm in, I'm into personal development, so I'm always going to, you can't help it, but see your patterns. If someone, uh, let me say that again, you can't, I just couldn't help it. I would always notice like a certain pattern and feeling that would come up. And then I knew that I had to look at it because it was like, I didn't like this feeling. So it'd be scrolling Instagram. You see someone talk about having like, there's a six figure month or seven figure year. And before it would be, it would give me a lot of feelings. Like I wasn't, I would start judging myself, you know, like, oh my God, my energy is going into these things. I should focus more on strategy. I should automate more. I should have a big team, like all the shoulds. But it's like, dude, I'm two years into business. I'm doing this all by myself. There's a lot of noise out there. I signed up for a lot of programs that people promised all kinds of things. I'm not going to hate them for it. Like, I'm still learning, you know, that person had a different path, a different journey. And it's like, when that happened enough times like that, that me guilting myself or feeling like I wasn't doing enough or doing the right things. I had to like, look at that. Like, it's not about them. What is the story I'm making up and how can we change the story? And then like training myself to do that. So now when I look at something, I'm like, um, you know, this is what I want. It's showing me what I want, what I'm working towards. Let's get off Instagram now. What can I do today? <laughs> so in the past few months, I focus more on creativity, creating, you know, like cutting out the noise. Like one of the things, the one of the patterns that I realized and it was really, really hard for me to change was that I was constantly interacting and watching what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I had to change over time as a manifester because it, it, there was just so much Self, like I thought it was selfish like if I'm not talking to people they're going to forget about me if I'm not connecting with people they're going to think I don't care about them and it's like if I tell them I'm supposed to focus on me my ideas me creating like they're going to be like oh who does she think she is like these were the conversations that thoughts in my head mm -hmm. and I'm like everyone else is struggling with their own shit it was like well am I gonna you know spend all my time talking to people and then feel bad because I didn't spend time creating and building what I needed to do um and yeah like I had to notice like it was so hard to even look at that that I was spending so much energy accommodating other people's needs and that, that these were needs that I made up in my head like we don't even know <laughs> you know so it was just like 
not a lot of people are willing to look at that and I'm not afraid to talk about it that these were the things that are happening for me it's such a struggle I did a lot of deep shadow work I mean people say they do shadow work like I was crying for months like internally crying like I had really really hard days um but I I would just be like what's the one thing I can do today what's the you know even if I couldn't like do anything for business um somehow still showing up for myself to recognize what I've created what I've done that I didn't do like a year ago and look that's progress for me and eventually I get out of that funk and that's over time I realized that was integration happening that was (laughs) all the stuff that you had ignored dismissed those feelings that you didn't want to feel it was finally coming up for me to feel and then at while I was happening of course it's hard and then I would feel better a few days later and feel lighter I was like Oh, okay. That makes sense now. (laughs) It's like you focus on that just 1% better than the day before, the week before, instead of like, okay, you know, next month I'm going to have this amount of money and then the next month we're going to triple the income. It's like, actually, let's just take it step by step and things will naturally unfold. And it's so relatable because I have, especially with us being in this industry of creatives and coaches and healers and seeing that a lot of people do lead with their income as the marketing strategy. So naturally you start to feel like, well, wait, if everybody's out here making 10K months, why am I the one that's behind? And I had this conversation with my therapist and she really walked me through it and it was so helpful. She's like, okay, let's say you hit that certain income level or that big year or whatever it is, then what? And I was like, um, I don't know, I guess I would just want more money. And she's like, okay, and then you get that money, and then what? And so she just prompted me to think about the, and then what? And it really just opened my eyes to like, yeah, then what? Like, no one gets like a, a award in the public for like hitting a certain level of income or a certain status symbol or anything. That's our own ego. That's our own validation. And it's, of course, it's a celebration. But what I mean is people strive for that so much and then it happens and it's kind of like, oh, okay, now I just have to move on. I thought it was going to be this big, overwhelming feeling. And for me, it never, when I hit that big month, I was like, this feels like any other month. I just have more money Mm -hmm. to be responsible for. So it's just really interesting. What's funny, what's coming up right now is that my birthday's in two days, so June 9th, and people are always like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I've already treat every day exactly like the same. So when my birthday comes along, when a holiday comes along, I'm it's just another day for me. Maybe I'll get an, a really special meal, but for me, I've already been trying to enjoy each day, you oh, know, to appreciate each day. And so... I've had this this um, conversation with myself as well about money. Okay, so what would, you know, for, for a couple of months, I was so stuck on, I need to have 50K months. And then <laughs> had to come back to be like, well, what is a 50K month going to feel like? And it was like, well, it's going to feel exactly the way I'm feeling, not when I was like feeling like I needed that right now, but the whatever I was already experienced at the current income level, and that was peace, joy, creativity, space on my calendar, you know, time with my family, not having to answer to anyone, posting when I felt like it, sending email when I felt like it. Like I was like, that's what I will be doing when I'm at my 50k anyway. So let's just keep going. <laughs> like I don't need to do anything more. Um, so yeah, I, I now I try to focus on what is that going to bring me? What is that life going to look like? What's the feeling? And, you know, it took some time to be able to ask those questions and to see what my mind was trying to do when it noticed other people having certain kind of months. But I'm like, we don't know what they're struggling with. We don't know what they're, you know, what they want. Um, And yeah, it's like just being able to kind of look at that, you know, that's a great goal. At least I have something to work towards. Like some people are stagnant. Some people are like, this is fine. This is fine. Um, and really all we can focus on is this moment. So it does help. Like, what can I do today or in this moment if I'm not feeling good? Like I can just like step away from my work and, you know, go do something else. 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing I've learned in the last six months is focusing on the unconventional success metrics, like outside of income. How is my quality of life? You know, like you just said, space in my calendar. That's a win. Taking Fridays off. That's a big win. Being able to plan a vacation. That's a win. And I was getting so caught up in the numbers on, you know, on my bank account or how many new clients I could get. And then I would get the new clients and it would just be like, okay, again, now what? Like now I'm just going to, what, more clients? Like, no, I need to focus on the unconventional success metrics, which is my quality of life. And how is that feeling? Because at the end of the day, when I pass away, I don't want to like, no one's going to remember me for how many clients I signed up or how much money I made. It was like, what was my quality of life? What did I experience? And that's really been coming up for me the last month. And I'm, I'm really glad we're having this conversation. There is something I do want to say um, in relation to this. And my the work that I'm doing on myself, it's constant. So as recent as two weeks ago, you know, at every level, we feel like we there's something we're always missing. There's like a blind spot or, you know, there's always some room to grow. So if you look for it, you're going to find deficiencies. You're going to mm-hmm. find like shortcomings if you're going to find failure, if you look for it. And so for a while, I had noticed I was booking these high ticket like mentors because I thought they had, they're going to tell me something. And then I realized after booking a few of these, you know, after a while, you'll notice that pattern. And this is my taste cognition. I got to try things that <laughs> um, I was acting confused. I was getting something out of being confused. That I already, when I would talk, I'd be like, I kind of know what I'm doing. I just needed that validation from you. (laughs) And of course, like, yeah. So then um, last week I had a call with someone and they're like, how can I support you? Um, You know, to, you know, enjoy your life or your business, like get to the next level. And I responded. I was like so proud of myself. I was like, actually, I am doing what I love. I get to create. I have space on my calendar. I love space. Um, I can do whatever I want. I don't have to answer to anyone. And it was the first time I was able to like really see that 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 was my pattern before and I can choose differently. It was uncomfortable for me to say it, even though I believed it, like I was living it. I was like, because I I had gotten so used to being confused and looking for support and validation that I was just like, it's okay, Ravina, that you did that, that, you know, it's okay to want validation, but you don't have to do that anymore, that you can, it's not too much for you to be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm creating. And I'm going to do it at my, my pace. And, you know, that's like manifestors stepping into their power. You know, that they don't have to explain themselves. They don't have to explain how they're doing things or what they're doing, when they're doing it. And it took a while to get to that level, you know, like 14 months into my experience. And I'm like, it, it's incremental. But I was so proud of myself. Holy shit. I mean, I'm like, you can't see my face, but my jaw is like dropped because this is exactly how I've been feeling. I just posted something literally three days ago about this where I said when I started my business, I had all this business background. I worked in corporate America for six years. And when I started my business, all of a sudden I acted like I didn't know business. I was like, oh my God, how do you, how should I post on social media? Like, I don't know how to do this. I'm like, what the, are you talking about? You worked in social media marketing and content marketing for six years. And like you said, I was booking these like really high ticket calls, like one-off calls for crazy, hundreds of dollars, even thousands sometimes, thinking they had this like, magical secret sauce that only I was getting access to. And it really was someone telling me what I already knew, like you said, and just validating it or maybe giving me like a little bit of feedback and tweaking it. But I'm like, I actually would have gotten to that answer myself if I just gave myself time and trusted myself. And it wasn't like you just said until recently. I mean, I posted this three days ago where I said, I actually do trust myself now to the point where this is crazy to even like say it out loud because it just happened today. But I just told my business coach that I signed up with for a year if we could scale back the package because I'm like, I'm not sure that I need your help for the next six months. Like, I actually really trust myself with what I'm doing. And it's crazy because when I signed up with her, I was like, oh, my God, I'm probably going to work with her for like two years. Like, I need all this help. I need, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And in the last few months, I'm like, no, you do know what you're doing. And I'm really glad we're talking about how trusting yourself is it's not easy, but when you do, you really have this power. Like you said, that it's like, we don't need validation. Of course, it's nice, but you don't always need to hire a high ticket coach or mentor to get that validation. And yeah, it's a very interesting concept that we've both gone through it. 
Yeah, I think the um, our open centers, since you have all undefined or open, I have five. So that's more than I have defined. And so realizing that other people and the energy I'm around does impact me, does influence me. And so it is safe for me to take space because if I'm around people that are always confused, that don't know what they're doing, they're bringing my energy down. Um, like it, it's fine for me to protect my energy because it does impact me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still learning how to set those energetic and emotional boundaries. So during this time, I'm going to take extra space for myself. And then when I have like everything that's been helping me are tools. So when you have the tools then you don't need to rely on other people as much, like I do have two mentors right now, but they're for very specific reasons related to like branding and like, you know, automating and delegating. And so that's, that is very specific to my next level. Those are things I don't know. And then mm-hmm. like, I can, I can learn those. Like I, naturally I could probably do it myself, but I, it's that quantum leap that I want. Like if someone's really great at it and they can help me, that's understandable. But in that, in that sense where I was just kind of looking for validation on what I already knew I was doing, <laughs> just, I realized like, okay, I don't need as much support in mm-hmm. all the areas I am doing great in many areas and there are some areas where I can ask for support and that's fine um exactly I love it yeah filling in the gaps like you said there's my virtual assistant right now has saved my life I do not know how to do automations or set up workflows I'm like my brain shuts down when I see that stuff and so I do need help in those areas but yeah with my creative ideas I trust myself now that if I have a creative Mm -hmm. idea and just let it flow through me that someone will relate to it. And I'm really glad that you're saying the same thing. So this has been such an incredible conversation and I really only have two final questions. The first one is, and I think this is so admirable and I really want to do it is how did you find the confidence to follow zero people on one of your social media accounts? I think you follow zero people. Um, that's always been a dream of mine <laughs> to like not be, not be bothered, uh, bothered by what other people are up to. And here's the thing, like people are up to really, really amazing things and we can get caught up in that. Like there's open head, like you're inspired by everything mm-hmm. and it really had to be a choice, but I have two other accounts where I'm following people. So I'm trying to like scale back on that mm-hmm. or just try not to, you know, tap the Instagram account, um, app as much, but ideally for manifestors with an open head (laughs) should not be looking at what other people are doing. And so I don't want other people to take that personally. Um, So with the R market, I decided that I was just going to start with that. And I was just going to stay that way. (laughs) I love it. And then that was actually my next question was the R market. Where did that name come from? Honestly, um, I went through a different, a couple of different variations. Like I wanted human design in there, but then something, um, so either something wasn't available and then I knew something to do with energetics had to be in there. And it's just, you know, inspiration from different places and kind of when it, like, I don't know how I did it. Like, this is like asking a two line. how they did it. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I am so glad I did that because it gives it still gives me room to expand to other, um, you know, I can add astrology in there. I'm working on Gene Key stuff. Um, and just like I get to really self-express myself and it's not limited to human design. So, yeah, I'm so glad that it, it just worked out. I just trusted my intuition. I love that. I feel like maybe you're clairvoyant or something because I feel like things you have this very clear vision and then it works out the way you hoped or at least had in your vision. Yeah. I, I think there's somewhere in my gates and then also the auditory, like I hear things, mm. um, but it has to be kind of both like auditory and visual. Yeah. So that makes yeah. a lot of I sense. do have a lot of those like gates, like I have um, three spleen gates. And so one of them is the, the 44 is like, you can, you can smell things. That's the other thing. <laughs> you can smell, you can taste, my taste cognition. So like with me, it's, it is a very like, um, what's that word? Like the experience is well-rounded. I can't mm. even think of the word, but uh, it's just yeah. like sensory experiences maybe. Yeah. Sensory. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> 
There we go. That's why I'm very, very, very sensitive to um, sound and like sensation. I get overstimulated easy, easily. And so um, my daughter's a reflector. She amplifies a lot of the energy. And so even that has been very hard for me and challenging because uh, there's so much mom guilt. Like, oh my God, I should have energy for her. But it's like, come on, this is how I am. This is how she is. This need, neither of our fault. Mommy mm-hmm. needs space. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something that I always take too. Oh my God, I love that. Well, this has been such a fun conversation and I know you just released something new. Can you talk about those? Oh my God, so, so excited. So everything I do, it just like super passionate. Like I light up. Um, the Canva templates are released in uh, April. Amazing, amazing feedback. People are using it. I cry internally every time I see someone <laughs> using it. It's just amazing because I get to create and I'm giving people the opportunity to create and be, you know, to play as well. So it's not just like you get to create content, you get to play as well. That's the value you get for my products. And then I um, knew, and I always somehow, there's my intuition that I know what people are going to need before they need it. Um, and so customizable body graphs. So you see like when you pull up your chart, when you run your chart, it's like in that typical red, black, depending on what site you're looking at, like it's pretty solid colors, but you can't really customize it to your brand. Like most people just take a screenshot and post down to Instagram. And um, people really wanted that. Like after I released the Canva templates, they were like, well, how can we customize a body graph? Well, it doesn't work on Canva because there's so many parts to a body graph that you need to edit to create Mm -hmm. all the different variations. And so it needed to be a vector file. So the other thing, part of that is like a two line doesn't want to explain how to use anything. I just want to create it, put it out there and want you to use it. Like I'm not trying to be like difficult or challenging or act like I don't care, but it's like, it's so much energy for me to explain things. And so I needed to also create that process to like have tips or like really keep it simple for people who are not into, uh, you know, they're, they're not tech um, smart, you know, like how to navigate uh, illustrator or like there's another app uh, affinity designer so I, I had to like come up with those tips as well but those those things take time for me but I'm excited now you can do customizable body graphs change all the colors I'm creating samples I'm gonna start talking about it in the next couple of days um, and I'm also working on apparel you know so <laughs> really fun um, shirts and sweatshirts for people I'm gonna do a couple other new products as well I haven't talked about but yeah this is me like when I start to have those creative urges and like and I start putting my energy into creating I just know that this was meant for me this is what I really enjoy doing oh my god well spoiler alert for any of my new clients you're getting gifts from the aura market so maybe don't look at our website so it seems like a surprise because seriously like your your creations are some of my favorites to give to my clients and i can't wait for the merch so exciting well my only final question is if you weren't an expert at what you're doing now what do you wish you would be an expert in i already have the answer for this um i and i joke about it like with my husband so one of the things I do every day that brings up my vibration is music and most people don't know this because they just like they're you know they just see me as a bookworm likes to read like head in the books you know but I love to dance I usually dance by myself or with my you know like in front of my husband my daughter my daughter also loves to dance and I would I would dance and I'd be like you know I'm going to be a professional dancer (laughs) so it's like one of those things like that that would have been it and I'm still going to dance I I don't know if I'll be a professional dancer but (laughs) oh my god I love that I literally there's an app actually that I swear Instagram is reading my mind because I've been thinking about dancing too and it keeps serving me all these dance apps like learn dance learn this I'm like I don't remember okay now I'm gonna you know I'm gonna google it oh yeah I'm gonna google it now I actually wanted to sign my daughter up for dance classes last year and this was before the pandemic so I had looked up a dance studio that was like a couple blocks away they took age two so I was waiting for her to turn two last year and then it was a mommy and me dance class and I was like oh my god we're totally gonna do this and then the (laughs) pandemic happened and then we couldn't but it's like it's going to be a part of my life it's going to be a part of my daughter's life she's my mom already says like she's so creative and I was like of course I'm creative but she's quad right by the way all her arrows are to the right so that you know she's going to be more creative than I am um, so I'm excited. Wow. So I get to, I get to, uh, you know, parent her, but also reparent myself through the process, through creativity and all forms of self-expression. 
Oh my god, I'm already envisioning. There's gonna be like mommy and me <laughs> market, mommy and me pins, like the craziest and creations. I'm like, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Well, where can everybody find your creations? Where can they find you and support all your work? Um, so the aura market. Um, on Instagram, theauramarket.com. So it's T-H-E-A-U-R-A-M-A-R-K-E-T.com. That's my second business. My first one is The Gray Muse, and it's G-R-A-Y. Some people spell it E-Y, and then um, M-U-S-E. So The Gray Muse on Instagram as well. The Gray Muse uh, is all, like, pins and keychains, and it's not just for crafters. I have, like, uplifting quotes and statements and my best sellers are uh, my spinners, my affirmation spinners, and there's flowers. Like there's something for everybody in all my businesses. And then I don't post as much on my personal brand, which is Rubina, Ianigro, I A N I G R O. But I am working on it behind the scenes, so it's coming soon. Oh my gosh, so exciting! Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I absolutely loved this conversation. And like I said, all my new clients, you're getting all the merch from her store. So be ready for that. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Well, that's a wrap for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow Rubina and check out the show notes for how to engage with her work. You can follow me at Chelsea Reif and at non-expert opinion pod. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget if you send a screenshot into info at chelseareif.com or at Chelsea Reif, you'll be entered into a giveaway for the month of September where you'll be entered to win a 30-minute Oracle card pull with me. So I'll pull that winner at the end of the month. And again, just send your screenshots to me. All right. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.